Hey, everybody. Welcome to the South Point podcast. Um, this is Matt Bombay with special guest. This is where you speak. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a grand entrance and say my name. No, you can just go ahead and... Tegan Bombay. Hey, there you go. Hey. So Tegan is joining us tonight. Uh, Josh is away. And so we are doing a, a, like a couple's podcast. Well, um, it's about to get nuts, everybody. What was that? That was, <laughs> was that, your, that was your Josh. Oh my, oh my gosh. It's going to get nuts. It's crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, That's how I hear him in my head. It's pretty close. Like it sounds... <laughs> I mean, I thought for a half a second, I thought Josh was just across the table from me. That's that's my one one of my Josh impressions. Do you, oh, uh, there are more. Uh, why don't you give uh, Why don't you give the crowd a little taste of a second one? Um, okay, so then there's storytelling, Josh. Mm-hmm. And then I said, "What are you doing? You can't do that. What are you?" <laughs> Nuts. Oh, back to the nuts. <laughs> okay. It always comes back to the nuts. It, it always comes back <laughs> to peanuts, I guess, and nuts and crazy. Yeah, um, anyways. Yeah. Well, uh, did you intentionally um, wear the South Point sweatshirt um, no. for this evening? No, it's my day two of this loungewear. So it it's already half dirty. So I put it back on from yesterday. Oh, okay. Just make sure you speak nice and loud in the microphone oh. for future content. Okay. Um, so you have a special rotation of clothing? Not really a rotation. It's just more of a standard. So like I don't do pants two days in a row, like loungewear pants. Jeans I'll wear two days in a row because they have a longer rate before they look gross. But pajama pants, no. They have a. I only wear pajamas one time. That's it, and then they get cleaned. I cannot wear them again the next night. But like a sweater like this, this has a couple days run for me because I'm only wearing it after work for a couple hours at night. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, are, are there any other areas of life where this? Um, <laughs> Pretty much every where I'm specific. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> As you know. As I know. All right. Well, you are joining us this evening for uh, a continuation of our Romans Mm -hmm. series. And we were in Romans chapter seven on the weekend. It's very Mark Driscoll of you guys. Oh. Like just the books. That's how Mars Hill Church grew very big. Uh, How did it fall? Well, because it was based around one man, but... How it, the they 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 were done with the catchy, you know, s- sermon series, mm. and they just focused on the Bible and the books and dissecting them. Okay, because that makes sense. Sure, I mean, now we could also maybe even start a podcast of like the rise and fall of Mars Hill Point Church. Oh, oh. no, what? <laughs> what? No, I guess you have to rise first. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> we're just out here loving people. You're, You've been on the podcast five minutes and you're shooting shots. Well, not shooting shots. You don't want to get too big of an ego. Right. So you're already planning our uh, podcast in case of a demise or a fall. Oh, there'll be no fall. There'll be no fall. I know there won't be. All right. So we're in Romans chapter seven and we, um, uh, I've, I've, 
always called this chapter the doo-doo. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, well, it is gross when you think about it. Doo-doo. Yeah, that word. I know. I hate but, that word. But it is gross because how come I do what I don't want to do? And how come I do, or how come I don't do what I know I should do? Yeah. Like, and is this, you know, the the same thing we talked about before, like, hey, you shouldn't touch that cookie on the stove. And then you know you shouldn't do it. And what Ooh. does everything inside of you say? Do it, do it. You That's can like a do double it. whammy. A cookie on a stove. It's either don't touch the stove or don't touch the cookie jar. <laughs> you doubled down there. Well, I didn't say the stove was on and well. like the element was on. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, well, it is a double whammy because we we know we shouldn't do something. And yet we do it anyways. And then we know what we're supposed to do, and then we don't do it. Mm-hmm. And and I was thinking about it earlier, like today and yesterday a little bit, just the whole idea of like, it feels like that's kind of my whole life. Like I've grown up in church. I've grown up trying to be a quote unquote good Christian, trying to do all the things that I'm supposed to do and the things that I know I'm supposed to do. And when I look back on my life, there's so many days and weeks and months and everything where I just don't, I don't get around to it. You know, I don't read my Bible every day and and I don't know if I'm supposed to, like, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a biblical standard that says, you know, you need to read your Bible or you're, you know, this is going to, something bad is going to happen to you. But, you know, you grow up in Sunday school and you hear that, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. And and those things kind of get ingrained in you. And you think if you don't do them, oh, yeah, don't, you're going to get in trouble. Or if you don't pray every single day all the time or. Well, that's the problem right there to begin with. Sunday school. That whole system. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you get nervous. No. Well, all, Yeah. Because you have this ingrained fear of not doing the things that you were told to do continuously growing up. But who's, but who's to say that's the way? Like the Bible thing. Okay. Yeah. It's the point is to be feeding yourself with the Bible. Yes. Being close to the Lord to know his voice. Reading the Bible. Yes. But that doesn't mean just doing it for the sake of doing it so that you don't go back to your Sunday school guilt or feel like you're going to go to hell. Right. And I, and I think like that, that was the point of, I think what, what Paul was saying was that, you know, like our faith is based on belief in Jesus, not rules and regulations, not religiosity, not religion, not saying and doing the right things because we know we're supposed to do those things. It's just purely based on faith. And then he goes on to to tell the story of, you know, like even for myself, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. And I love God's law with all my heart, but there's just another power. There's this, there's another beast within me. And I feel like that is my daily you know, daily challenge. Like I, I feel like there are days where I, I feel like I've hit the, you know, nail on the head really well. And then there are days where I'm combative against myself about my thought process, my, my, my actions, my attitudes, my, like everything inside of me combats it. And like, 
this power over me that causes me to sin sometimes, this power over me, this. And I think what the, the interesting thing is, like, I feel like Paul, you know, says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Like, oh, woe is me. But yet he also says, like, there's nothing I can do about it because it's ingrained in me. It, it was, it's been in, in me since birth. And it's only but Jesus. It's only but my faith. It's only but my relationship with Jesus that can cure that, that can, you know, prevent this thing. And yet it's like the Hulk from the Marvel movies where even, even though you know it's there and you, you work on your relationship with Jesus, there's also this thing in the back of your mind that knows that you're probably going to stumble again. There's this thing that you know that you're going to sin again. There's this thing in the back of you that's like, whoa, I'm so miserable. Whoa, is me. I can't, I can't keep up with it. And, and I think that's the, that's the whole thing where I struggle with, where Paul says, I die to myself daily because I have to. Like, it's a daily, daily thing. But it's like people I know, and, and you, you would fall into this category of people who, and our son falls into this category of when you can't do something perfect, the first time or do it really, really well, you have a tendency to then kind of give up, take your ball and go home. Mm-hmm. Very true. I have nothing to say to that. That's true. But it doesn't, that doesn't stop me from continuing on my relationship with Christ and trying to live it out the best I can every day. Even okay. me. Okay. So I've flesh that out then for nothing. people who are the all or nothings because. Well, I am an all or nothing. Th- that's my point. Oh. So how I'm not an all or nothing. Like I can, I can admit defeat. I can screw up and mess up and then come back the next day and go, okay, well, I'm going to give this another shot. But you, you have a tendency to lean the, uh, the kind of the more extreme way of the all or nothing. So how does somebody on the daily combat with that? Well, it's, I think for me, it has been a many years long journey to getting to the point where I'm just too tired to fight it anymore, <laughs> where I can't be all or nothing with my relationship with Christ. I have to just accept the fact that I don't do what I want to do some days and I do the things that I don't want to do some days and that I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to arrive at perfection. So there's no sense in beating myself up over it anymore. I'm very tired. So does that fall <laughs> under all the categories of your life or just when it comes to faith? Like in other areas, do you, are, you, are you that forgiving on yourself? I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah, like even with my appearance and like certain things about my body right now, where like five years ago, 10 years ago, it would have really bothered me. And now I'm just like, you know what? I don't care because approaching 40, and this is what people often say around 40, you don't, you just want to live your life and enjoy it because you realize how short it is and what it's all for. And then the reality of the fact that you're actually going to die one day sets in. So whatever, I got some chubby upper arms and I'm always going to have a belly. Like, okay, 
That's fine. I'm still going to take a picture with my son. That darn 360 degree camera, the photo booth. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you're pretty dark tonight. Like you feel kind of, I don't know, it feels down. It feels like the book of Ecclesiastes. It is. Version taken. That book is, that book is probably one of the best books in the Bible because <laughs> it's Goodness. so true. It's the one you should be reading because that spits truth. Dang, we're trying to be an up. It is upbeat though, because when you accept it, then you start to live. Okay. So what what Romans talks about earlier is like when you accept Jesus, there's a freedom in that. Yes. You you stop trying to compare and you stop trying to... Because I'm not going to say I understand God or understand Christ. Okay. You heard it here first. (laughs) I understand. On July the 14th in the morning, Tegan said she understands all things God. No. However... I'm okay with that. And so because I'm okay with that, I understand the opposite. Like when it comes to my faith, that I'm not going to understand all those things and I'm not going to be perfect. But at the same time, I've discovered with time and age that he's not looking down on me, marking down all my flaws and keeping account of it and holding it over my head and telling me, I told you so. I'll give you an example. The Lord gave me this memory and I forgot about it. When I was Vale's age, I was at my grandma's house for a sleepover. I spent a lot of time with her. And downstairs in the basement, she had a laundry room. And in her laundry room, she always had her iron set up permanently. And she would always say to me when I would watch her iron my grandpa's clothes, don't touch because this is very hot many times. Well, one day I'm down there sitting with her and she turns around to go and scrub socks in the little like sink. And the thing was on, it was warming up. And I went behind her back like this to touch it because I didn't believe her that it was hot. And it was so hot that I got like second degree burns, third degree burns on my hand and had to go to the hospital. Still remember it to this day, but look at no scars. Maybe that's why my hands are hmm. <laughs> man hands, Jerry. Um, but in that moment, even though my grandma had told me, don't touch it, give me all the warnings, tried to lead me, tried to guide me. She was the one that scooped me up, carried me, took me to the ER, got me the medical attention, and then took care of me until I was better again. Loved me, didn't hold it over my head, didn't tell me about all the reasons why I shouldn't have and should have listened to her. She just allowed me to learn the lesson in that moment and moved on and loved and cared for me. Right. And isn't that like our relationship with the Lord? There it is. (laughs) There it is. He turns our pain into purpose. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh yeah. He turns our burns into beautiful things. You make beautiful things. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think that, but that's a good, that's a good example, right? It's, it falls under the, the analogy of, right. You know, you know, you're not supposed to do it. Everybody knows you're not supposed to do it. You've been told not to do it. You've been warned not to do it. Not because, and I think Josh would say this often, not because God's a dictator, no. Not because God wants to put rules and regulations in your life to control you, but God is putting stuff in our, and you know, he, the Bible says he puts the law, you know, Paul says he puts the law in front of us so that he can give us guidelines. He can give us, um, 
ways to protect ourselves. And, and, and that's what it is, is your, your grandma was not trying to control you and be a dictator. She was trying to protect you by, from burning yourself, by putting guidelines in your path, giving you a law per se. And ultimately so that I could enjoy my time with her and there and not have it ruined and spoiled and have all the freedom you needed to not wreck everything. Right. And I think that's when, when we can view God like, and this is kind of a stretch, but when we can view God, like we view grandma, Mm -hmm. right. Where, where, you know, God is still there to pick you up. God is still there to, you know, to, to do all those things for you. Yeah. And, and he doesn't come down heavy all the time. He doesn't come down with, with, ridiculously harsh punishment all the time. Like he doesn't do all those things. Sometimes I'm sure he gets frustrated. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure he's like, Oh, there they go again. I mean, the ups and down of Israel were constant, right? Like, and, and seeing that God was frustrated, like, or I don't know, like, can God be frustrated? But maybe like he, I mean, God flipped over tables in a, in a, in a temple when he was angry, but like you can be frustrated and not sin. And I think that's the thing. Like your grandma could have been frustrated. Like, Oh, I told Tegan not to do that. But at the end of the day, she still cared for you. She still loved you. She still took care of you. She still, you know, did, did all the things that a loving parent and a loving God would do type for us. So mm-hmm. it, it is a good thing to, to remind ourselves, but if it's what we have to be able to figure out how to, bridge that gap mentally from the Sunday school version of God mm-hmm. that we have this, this, you know, perspective that we're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to try to be like Jesus, but somehow we've got it in our minds that to be like Jesus, we have to be perfect and we have to be, we have to excel in everything. And, you know, we have to, you know, hit a home run every time with everything that we do. And I don't think that's. Well, it's, it's very much, um, behavior and rules driven the Sunday school version of Jesus. But the actual version of Jesus is a lot more like the fruit of the spirit, right? Like not such rigid, strict guidelines, you know, like don't go to the movies or play cards. I don't know why no. I said that, but, but in as much more just <laughs> like shot, shots fired, shots, shots fired, fired again, PAOC circuit oh, 1980. No, okay. Yeah. Don't play pool. <laughs> don't, no dancing. No dan- I mean, leave room for the Holy spirit. If you're going to dance, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we could go on all day we about really could really interesting roles that came up, but yeah, no. I, and I think like, but it's, but what I'm saying is like the, are the real version that we should be following is based on character and who we are becoming as people and not the rules that we're following. Right. Like you didn't view your grandma differently and you didn't change how you 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 um, interacted with your grandmother based on the fact that she said, hey, don't make sure you don't touch that hot iron. Mm-hmm. Right. And somehow we minute we read a, of uh, a thing in the Bible or we, we understand per, uh, things about God that we grew up with in Sunday school, we take those rules as, oh, there's another law. There's another rule. There's a, mm-hmm. there's another thing as a Christian I can't do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think when we, 
when we're kids and we look at our parents, it's not like when my parents say don't touch the cookie. It's not like, oh, there you go. I can't touch the cookie. That means I'm not allowed to play outside anymore. That means I'm not allowed to have any more fun. My parents hate me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the daisy chain that happens. And I think coming back to the the scripture where, where Paul is basically coming out saying, listen, like you have a lot of these things in your life. I want you to know that I am I'm the same person as you. We all struggle with sin. God gave us the law to help reveal our sin, right? The law of, the law points out to us, hey, these things are sinful. Just like your grandma laid down the law saying, hey, if you touch that, you will get burned. Um, and so, but we're no longer bound by the law. So we have a chance to just, you know, we have that freedom in Christ God still gives us the law. We're not bound by the law, but he gives us the law to keep us like, give us guidelines, give us things that we need to know. And then he says, and yet in all of that, in my freedom in Christ and my understanding that the law is there to help guide me in areas of my life, not as rules and regulations, but hey, if you don't want to get burned, you know, you might want to do this. And yet in all of that, Paul says, man, I still suck. I still screw up. I still mess up. I still sin, even though I know I don't want to, and I still do it. And I think there is such a freedom in that, knowing also that Paul doesn't use that as a credit card, right? God's grace is a credit card to continue to do it. But it's that daily tension that he talks about, that daily dying to himself. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of encouragement in that, that, that even Paul, the great Paul, yeah, exactly. struggles with sin, but has a great relationship with God in the midst of it, knowing that he wants to be better, knowing that he needs to move forward, and yet isn't perfect in doing that. Yeah. So any final thoughts, Tegan? Uh, um, nope, I'm good. You know, great. Yeah, great insight tonight. Um great story you're 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 patronizing i'm not okay (laughs) all right folks Bye. bye